The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lee Mod Williams. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here's your host, Lee Mod Williams. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lee Mod Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Normally, I'm joined with my broadcast partner or my co host for tonight, George. And better known as G-Man, but he's actually starting school. School started here, uh, I want to say a week ago, and he's actually going to back to college. So uh, he'll be joining us a little bit later in the third segment. But uh, going back to the old school ways, just me rolling solo, and I'm excited to be here. A lot of good stuff is going on in sports right now. And if you want to join in and, and, and chime in with me in this first two segments before George chime in in the third segment, you can call in to the show at 1-888-346-9144. Again, you can call into the show and feel free to state your opinion or chime into some of the topics I'll be covering here at 1-888-346-9144. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get right into it. And before I break down and recap the Houston Texans preseason game against the Saints last week, i got to go with the breaking news that came out this afternoon. And it's involving Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football Manziel, and the whole uh, autograph gate, I call, but, you know, the opportunity for him to play this weekend against Rice, another local team here in Houston, uh, has been granted. Now, he's going to be suspended for the first half of the of the game, but for the most part, he will be able to play in the second half and help it and contribute to the team, and they can kind of move forward from this whole Johnny Manziel scandal as far as investigation from the NCAA about the uh, memorabilia and the fact that he was able to get, well, allegedly he was paid for, but seems like it's kind of <clears throat> uh, wrapped up right now by the NAACP, really by the NCAA. So here's my thoughts. My thoughts on the whole thing from the beginning, um, you know, Johnny Menzel, a Heisman winner, got it. Pretty much claimed the fame came over overnight. I mean, not really overnight through a, a stretch of weeks throughout his freshman year last year, and he was able to capitalize on that by winning the Heisman as well as became a local celebrity, not just here in Houston, College Station, and across the country. So now that we understand what took place, uh, Johnny has signed uh, over four thousand or close to forty-four hundred uh, autographs and. And it was alleged that he was being paid for it, and it seemed like the NCAA, I mean NCAA, didn't have any legs to stand on 
far as any smoking gun. So now that this is pretty much over, you know, and Johnny can kind of be uh, back to the old ways of playing football, I think it's good to have him back. I think it's good for the university, good for college football, good for the SEC. Uh, however, I think uh, NCAA needs to tweak the rule and change the rule just a little bit. And here's my thought. I thought early on, if he did get paid for it, just to remove him from the scholarship. I mean, if he was any way benefited by his reputation and his name, I thought that he should have been removed from his full scholarship but still had his eligibility to play football. But that's just my thoughts. It's just what I had about it, and I'm kind of glad to see it's kind of over now, uh, you know, that dark cloud over the Texas A&M Aggies football team as they prepare for their second season in the SEC West. It looks like Johnny Manziel will be with them this season. However, he have to sit out the first half of the Rice game, which starts this weekend. So moving forward, let's go ahead and recap the Houston Texans. The Texans kicked off their week three preseason game at home at Reliance Stadium versus the New Orleans Saints. Now, a lot of people don't realize this is a huge, huge rival because they're pretty much neighbors, you know, two states right beside each other. A lot of New Orleans fans here in, in the state of Texas, especially Houston. And uh, it, was a, it was a pretty exciting game from the, from the first part, for the most part. Getting off, the Texans was, uh, you know, hitting all cylinders offensively, and they kind of faded out a little bit throughout the game. But uh, uh, one other thing, the Texans made their cuts this week. Cuts uh, was actually tomorrow, I mean yesterday, excuse me, it was on the 27th, where NFL teams had to cut down to the 75 um, men on the on the roster, and the Texans waived about 11 players, well about, I want to say about 13 players, they put a couple on IR. Uh, you know, they let go of the most noticeable guy is uh, Sean McGee, the quarterback, third string quarterback, well really the fourth string, fourth string quarterback behind T.J. Yates and Case Keenum. But uh, they, they really nobody really jumps out there. A nose guard, a nose tackle, David Hunter, uh, he was a, a product, a local product out of U of H. I thought he didn't really get a chance to showcase his talent with uh, Earl Mitchell leading that 3-4 defense. Uh, and those are pretty much guys that really jumps out. A lot of the guys on the roster that I really didn't really pay too much attention to, Travis Howard, he was a cornerback that was let go, but the Texans are now at the required 75 players as they prepare to play Dallas tomorrow in Dallas uh, to kind of finish off their preseason. You know, the Texans is a team that has a high expectation offensively and defensively. Um, expectation is high for them. They made it to the playoffs twice in the last two seasons. However, however, this Thursday, their main offensive weapon as far as running the ball, Arian Foster, will be out. Again, Arian Foster strained his, his calf, and he had some back issues throughout training camp. So a lot of the Texan fans will not be able to see him uh, display his talent or be able to get some reps before the regular season starts here shortly uh, on September 9th, where the Texans will be preparing to play Monday Night Football against the San Diego Chargers. Uh, to me, in my opinion, how do I feel about that? I, I think he earned that. Uh, being uh, the, the top two, top three running back in the NFL, uh, sometimes you got to take care of your body now so you can have it uh, throughout the season. You look, Remember last year, Arian Foster, 
excuse me, Adrian Peterson did not participate in the preseason, and he was able to rush for over 2,000 yards. Not saying Arian Foster will rush for over 2,000 yards, but what I'm saying is that uh, when it comes to running the ball, Foster is the workhorse for the Houston Texans, and I can respect the fact that they want to kind of not allow him to play this game, which a lot of young players will play, but give him the opportunity to kind of be 100%, not just physically, but mentally, and allow him to flourish <clears throat> going into week one of the NFL season. Again, I mentioned T.J. Yates, backup quarterback. He's going against Case Keenum. They both will be splitting time this Thursday night against the Dallas Cowboys. I uh, had a chance to catch up with T.J. Yates after the game against the Saints, and uh, he was able to ask him a few questions as well as the other reporters. And I'm going to get Matt, our producer, right now to go ahead and play that soundbite, and I'll follow up after that soundbite. T.J. Yates. Game going, you know, especially in our offense, that'll open up everything. You know, got our keeper game, got a couple wide-open guys downfield, and, uh, you know, really uh, got our offense moving down the field. What do you like about what you're doing personally? Uh, you know, just managing the offense. You know, this offense, you guys got to do your job. Get the ball to the open guy, and it'll run smoothly. You know, don't don't make it too big. Don't think too much. Just, uh, you know, we have a run game going, and it really helps it out, opens up everything. You know, there's a lot of wide-open guys out there. How do you view the competition now with one game left? Uh, you, know, it's, you know, it's been neck and neck this entire time. We're both playing some good football. You know, Case did a good job in the fourth quarter, really moving the ball down the field, put us in you know, position to score. Um, but... You know, this, that, through this whole process, I've been trying to keep the mindset, just control what I can control, because if I try to get caught up in anything else, it just, you know, won't, won't be any good. How do you view the, the opportunity you're going to get in Dallas? Both of y'all are going to play a lot. Uh, it's good. I'm, I'm excited to play, you know, more than just a, you know, a quarter or a couple series. Uh, you know, it'll be good to get out there and kind of get into a full game rhythm other than just, you know, knowing what quarter you're going to go in and what a uh, couple series. Is that easier said than done, saying that controlling what you could control? Uh, yeah, you know, because there's a lot of uh, you know outside you know factors as far as you know media and people you know practice and everything, and, and you start looking into you know how many reps is somebody getting over another person. And you, once you start counting those things and looking into other stuff, it'll just get you in the wrong mindset. And just and every day, I just worry about myself and uh, just keep going out there and perform. PJ, has this process brought out the best in you? I, I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it makes you have to be on your game at all times no matter if you're out here in the game you're in practice you're in drills you're in meetings you got to be on top of it at all times and you know if you're in a competition you know you're being evaluated you know non-stop so you know it definitely makes you uh makes you have to perform i think you started seven and nine again what kind of clicked just yeah i'll tell you that run game once we get that run game going it opens up everything for us you know the keeper game get some wide open guys downfield get you into a rhythm you know not worrying about Having to complete a pass to get the guys going, you'll get a couple of runs going downfield. Really get the defense on their heels, and then and get them guessing. And when, when you once you get that going, and you look downfield, it looks like you have options. There were several plays oh, where a couple I, people were wide. Open. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when we got down in that red zone. You know, we had them guessing, and there was there was a couple options on every single play that I could have gone to. Talk about your rhythm with that star gene. Oh, it's been great. You know, we uh, you know we first started off our first preseason game together back two years ago or three years ago now. Um, you know he's he's a great receiver. Has a good feel for the for the game. Um, he knows how to find the little you know nicks and everything in the in the, in the offense or in the defense. And uh, you know he's a, he's one of those receivers they like throwing the ball to. You, you feel like your offseason workout with Lestar Gene and helping his development part now in the preseason. Yeah, I think so. You know he's a guy that's always in town, always eager to you know get out and throw whenever he can. Um, 
you know, some of the guys you don't see all offseason, but you, he's, the star is one of the guys you'll see around the building all year long. You must have touched on this earlier, but just how do you feel overall? It looks like you were really just killing uh, all aces. Again, that was Houston Texans backup quarterback as of right now, T.J. Yates. He's in a competition with Case Keenum, um, and they will split time tomorrow versus the Dallas Cowboys in the last finale of the preseason. And a couple things that Case, I mean, T.J. talked about in that in that postgame interview. One was the running game. I thought the running game was phenomenal early on with uh, Ben Tate. He was able to be explosive, uh, you know, set the tone early. I like his mentality. He's going into a, his final contract season. So with that being said, he's playing <laughs> like a man on, on a mission, and right now he's running the ball hard, and he's establishing himself early for the Houston Texans because Arian Foster is out. And the second thing, Lestar Jean, uh, you know, he's a guy that's been around here for the Texans uh, quite some time and has a lot of potential. However, he's not taking advantage of that potential, and I think he will be able to flourish this year and develop into his own with the relationship and the chemistry that he built with TJH this all season, passing the ball and going through some things like that. So uh, look out for Lestar Gene. He's a guy, big frame, 6'3", uh, can go vertical, and he's learning how to come across the middle, so I'm very impressed with that. Looks like we're almost coming up on a break here, but uh, real quick, Devere Posey. He's a young man that tore his Achilles last year for the Texans in the playoff game. Uh, well, it was the playoff game earlier this season against the New England Patriots. And it's been reported that he's returning to the field tomorrow against the Dallas Cowboys. He's a guy that's, if you remember, DeVere Posey is out of Ohio State. Got caught up in that tattoo and, and, and scandal where Ohio State was hit with some infractions as well. As well. He's a more of a slot receiver. I think he can help the Texans offensively in that unit. And uh, I want to see how he, he recovered a lot faster than what I anticipated. But I want to see how he he responds, his body responds to game speed and being out there with the guys and flying around. I mean, excited and can't wait to see what he's going to bring to the table for the Texans tomorrow. Normally, Coach Gary Kubiak would like to get him going. So I think he probably scripted him some plays off from the beginning. And from there, we'll see how he progresses. I hope. He plays out because if he can be an asset to that offense, that's just another weapon that Texans can use going into week one. So, Matt, it looks like we're approaching the, the, the first break of the show, and I want to honor that break. So let's go ahead and break, and when we come back, we'll continue to talk Houston Texans, and I go to the other side of the ball and break down their defense versus the Saints last week. Next on Outside the Huddle, we'll leave Mod Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. 
Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle. We're Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. What a great first segment I just had. Rolling solo today. Normally I have George with me, uh, but he started school back, and I'm so excited for him to start school and get going and, and uh, he, he'll he be chiming in a little bit later. He'll call in about the third segment, he said, once he got out of class. But uh, first segment, I pretty much talked about the Johnny Menzel situation and how I felt that it was a good idea or a good thing for him to return to college football because he is the man of college football as of right now. And I broke down the Houston Texans offense versus the New Orleans Saints from their third preseason game from Sunday. Yeah, it was Sunday. From Sunday. And how uh, T.J. Yates played a soundbite from T.J. Yates. Uh, he was talking about the relationships uh, between him and Lester Gene, as well as the development of the running game. So now I'll go to the other side of the ball, my favorite side, the defense. The Texans' defense right now is geared up and getting prepared to play the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday night. But I want to give you an Ed Reed update. As of right now, Ed Reed is still out of the preseason, and he was actually going to – Colorado to have his hip evaluated for some injections. So uh, it's still day to day with Ed. Ed Reed is trying to uh, get back into the swing of things so he can be prepared and ready for the Texas uh, season opener against the San Diego Chargers on Monday Night Football, the late game on Monday Night Football. And as of right now, uh, he's still day to day. So I will keep you guys posted and informed on what's going on with Ed Reed. In my personal opinion, I think he will be ready. Uh, mainly not made by week one or two, but uh, they can get them in, you know, somewhere close to week three and four to get them back in game shape and get them mentally, uh, not really mentally ready because he's, he, he's a veteran, so I know what he knows. He knows what to do to get ready for certain games, but if he can find a way to get back in shape and, and it's a difference between practice and game shape and getting acclimated to the system of the Texans and, his teammates out there, uh, the Texans will have an asset, a future Hall of Famer on their defense moving forward. Okay, Texans defensively against the Saints. Uh, how can I put it? It was pathetic in the second half. Now, first team defense, I felt like they was able to produce some, uh, you know, some stops, and it was coming out to Drew Brees early. But they had, you know, it seemed like they dialed back just a little bit. 
against the running game, and it was hard for them to kind of get going. That secondary uh, was picked on quite often, which you should expect coming from Drew Brees. Uh, Jonathan Joseph gave up a big touchdown, which is unlikely for him and not normal being a guy that's all pro and a pro bowler. Then Kareem Jackson is constantly getting picked on throughout the game. You know, as like I walk around and, and, and interview guys throughout the uh, locker room postgame, I had a chance to catch up with Jonathan Joseph, uh, better known as J. Joe. And I'm going to get Matt to play that sound bite now uh, early with Jonathan Joseph, and I'll chime in after it's over. Jonathan Joseph. Watching make um, mistakes without account for anything. Early on, it's like the front line got a lot of pressure, helped you guys out a lot, and then it, that dissipated a little bit. Was that just because they, they started the play action a little bit more and that kind of thing? Uh, it's kind of hard to say because, you know, I'm, I'm back in the back end. You know, I never really know anything about what's going on up front. In me, I'm just holding up in coverage. But, um... I think um, they do a lot of things, you know, on the offensive side to try to prevent, you know, from getting a quarterback sack. Obviously, with Drew Brees over there, quarterback, they don't want to get him sacked much. But I think our guys did a great job of rushing the passer tonight. They applied a lot of pressure and made a move in and out of the pocket. So I think overall, they did a great job. You know, the sack system wasn't there for us, number wise. So you gave up the touchdown. Uh, how did you think you guys played overall back there in the second half? I think we did a lot of good. Um, obviously, you know, we can't give up touchdowns, one that I had for sure. Um, and then the one later in the game. But um, I think overall, we did a lot of good. A lot of positive came out of this game. I think me, uh, I made the right direction towards, you know, getting ready for the regular season. I think we, we did overall as a whole. But um, it's kind of hard to judge it before we go back and watch the game, fam. What are you, you're, you're planning, planning, planning for that opener. What happened on the touchdown that you gave up? I mean, I know it's not going to tick you off like it would be in the regular season, but you never want to have that happen, John. Oh, yeah, it was just um, – just a double move, uh, ran double move down in the goal line. I was just really being aggressive, you know, um, kind of like zero coverage. So for me, I was just being aggressive, really trying to make a play right there. But um, it's one of those situations you kind of you learn from. It. How was your grade, uh, Kareem Jackson performance that he gave us a big play? How was your evaluation? I think he did um, great, even though he gave up those balls, just because the defense type of style of defense that we run is aggressive sta- attacking style defense. Um, every play has the potential to be a big play because you play a lot of man-to-man, you play a lot of tight coverage and things like that. So it takes one fall down and one slip up, and you're looking on uh, the side of giving up you know, a couple big plays here and there. So you know, anytime I see a guy, I look up and see a guy in coverage, he just didn't make the play or finish the play, that's small thing that you can work on. You know, Anytime a guy just getting flat-out run by or beat like that, it's a different story. So I think he did good. It seemed like Brandon Harris kept fighting, even though he gave up those two penalties earlier. It hurt the team, but he kept fighting, and especially in the fourth quarter, he made some big plays. Oh, that's what B-Money, that's B-Money, that's him made up all day. You know, he's one of those guys going to come in, he's smart, he's tough. And, I mean, his mindset is always set, you know, for the next play. So to have that penalty call on early on, you know, to call back the touchdown, he kept fighting through it. To have a, you know, a questionable call, pass interference call on him, he continued to fight through it and made some more plays throughout the game. And that's what you want for your younger players. And he's now on that kind of on that borderline as a younger player and a veteran. I think, you know, he's tremendous, still making tremendous strides uh, moving forward in this game. Are you where you want to be? Absolutely, without a doubt. Um, I think um, right now, um, I'm probably feeling better than I ever felt. You know, I say that a lot, but um, for me, just mental overall, just, you know, just if you watch the game for myself and the small things that I can break down that I can kind of figure out and look at, I think I'm right now at a better place than I was, you know, the previous two years I was here before. And that's physically and mentally? Physically and mentally. Okay. Um, just small things, you know, just my technique at the line of scrimmage and things like that. And I kind of harped on it and wanted to work on it a lot. And that's what I want to get most, mostly from these preseason games is working on my technique because the physical part I have, and that's never a question in myself, is just the technique things. Great. Again, that's Houston Texans All-Pro cornerback, Pro Bowler cornerback Jonathan Joseph addressing the media after 
the loss to the New Orleans Saints uh, this past Sunday. And the last question I want to kind of focus on is, 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 it was a good question, the fact that they asked him, you know, are you where you want to be? You know, and it seems like, to me, he is. However, a lot of people are starting to say here locally that Jonathan Joseph is not the same like he was two years ago. And they feel like he's taking a step back as a cornerback. And I, I, I disagree. I think Jonathan is, is proven not just on the field but off the field as a leader. Uh, is teaching a lot of the young guys uh, the ropes. When he came in as an acquisition and free agent two seasons ago, um, you know, he was still he was a little younger, so he was a little bit fresher. But I think now he knows uh, what to bring to the table from a personal standpoint. I think he needs to uh, now try to get the guys around him a lot better, especially guys like Kareem Jackson and the younger guys, to buy into it so they can play up to the same level that he's playing. Um, the Texans, you know, their secondary is, is solid. You got Ed Reed, you got Daniel Manning, you got Jonathan Joseph on one side, and you have Kareem Jackson. And they have a, a core young guy. You have DJ Swearinger as well, rookie, you know, coming in out of South Carolina. So the Texans secondary is, is solid now, and as they continue to progress, I think the younger guys will get more reps and they get better. Uh, so we'll we'll see what that. Now moving down to the linebackers, Brian Cushing is back. He's excited, pumped up uh, for the beginning of the season, week one. And one of the guys is going to a second season that hasn't really showed me too much due to the fact that he's been injured is Whitney, uh, Whitney Merciless, young man out of Illinois, playing outside linebacker for the Houston Texans. Uh, he's out. And it's a possibility that he might be out or he he will not play against the Texans, I mean the Dallas Cowboys tomorrow night. So Whitney Merciless is, is now playing with the ones, uh, the starting unit, due to the fact that Connor Baldwin is no longer with the Houston Texans. He's with the Philadelphia Eagles. So that allowed Whitney Merciless to get bumped up. And by being bumped up, he was, I was anticipating to see Whitney to uh, you know, step up and, and bring a range of different, um, a variety of different talent to the table, but it's hard for me to evaluate him as of right now, due to the fact that he's out with the injury. So, uh, hope he gets well. And, and, and again, this is only preseason. So, uh, but I, you know, I'm being selfish here right now. I'm being a former outside linebacker. I love watching outside linebackers. So not having an opportunity to evaluate and see Whitney Merciless play against his opponents and, and different teams um, makes it very hard to see how he's going to pan out or if he's ready for that opportunity. Speaking of opportunities, uh, young man, second year, another second year guy out of Nebraska, uh, Jared Crick stepped in for J.J. Watt last week as Watt set out the New Orleans Saints game. The reason why Watt sat out after the game, Coach Kubiak talked about how, uh, you know, the whole situation with Antonio Smith with the swinging of the helmet and being suspended. He didn't want to put J.J. in that position or have someone taunt him uh, for a meaningless game for his preseason game. So J.J. sat out and Jared Crick um, stepped in and he stepped up. I thought his energy level was high. I thought he played his tail off. He he was making solid plays, and he had a, a a mindset as a starter, and that's what you need from your guys, your backup guys, to come in 
you don't see a big drop-off between, well, I take that back. It is a big drop-off when you don't have J.J. out there. But Jared Crick stepped in some huge shoes, and he was able to uh, produce and, and, and make some solid plays. The Texans will need those type of guys in that 3-4 front. That's basically three down linemen and four linebackers. So you have Jared Crick coming in. You have um, Tim Jamison. He's another guy that's playing defensive end. Um, you know, who? which one of these guys will step in for Antonio Smith? That's suspended for the first first game. He's suspended for the first or the remaining of the two preseasons of the game and the first game of the season. So someone has to step in. And right now, Jared Crick is starting to develop that momentum and that mentality to be successful in place of uh, Antonio Smith. So it's starting, to, it's starting to gel. Defensively, everything's starting to work out. Uh, even though the Saints won the game 31-23 to over the Texans, it was some bright spots defensively. And uh, as they prepare to play the Dallas Cowboys tomorrow, see what some of these young guys would do that's trying to make this squad and and uh, you know we'll recap that and talk about that going into next week let me check the time here it looks like uh, we're coming up on another break here Matt so let's go ahead and break when we come back hopefully Georgia call in from school if not we'll continue to talk Houston Texans I want to talk some special teams and uh, and we'll see if George can call in next on Outside the Huddle we'll leave my Williams on the Voice America Sports Network flagship station for sports voice america sports are you a philly sports fan maybe you're local to philly or you're a transplanted philly fan either way you want to check out philly sports jabronis it's a radio show that has nothing to do with chicago sports it's not about nyc and la can't even muster a football team of their own it's all about Philly sports and nothing but Philly sports most of the time. Join your hosts Mike Greger and Joe Dara every Friday at 7 p.m. Philly time, 4 p.m. on the West Coast for the transplants on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. 
Welcome back to Outside the Huddle. We'll leave my Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Man, been rolling solo for the first half of the show. My co-host, George, better known as G-Man, has called in from school. And, George, how was class? Hey, man, it was good. I, I learned a lot. So math class is always fun, I guess, when, you, when you're in there. So glad to be able to get in here and talk some sports, get off of that math subject. <laughs> I hear you. Before we chime in and talk about the Texans, give me your thoughts on the whole Johnny Menzel being suspended for the first half of the Rice game. Man, that's a slap on the wrist. If you think about it, it's, it's one of those things – the guy, the guy was accused of, of taking money for for autographs, and you know there's other students in the past who've who've been suspended or or even um, even had their some of their awards stripped away for less. So I think that he got off very easily, and I think that it's a product of the NCAA. The NCAA they say they don't like to make money off of these athletes, but they're making lots of money, and and if they would have done what they should have done, which is suspend him for a longer period of time he would have been out for the Alabama game which would have lost a lot of revenue for the NCAA so they have to they have to look at it from a revenue perspective and nobody's going to watch an Alabama game where they know that Alabama's going to stomp A&M if Johnny Manziel's not in at least it's a good fighting chance for both teams if Johnny Manziel's in so I think that it's a product of of the way the NCAA is run and I also think that they need to change some of these rules the age has changed so they need to make sure that some of these players are getting compensated, especially since these these universities are making millions of dollars off of them anyways. So you're telling me you think it was money-driven about this decision on Johnny Menzel? I don't think it's money-driven. I know it's money-driven. And there's no other reason for them to not do something like that. I mean, I'm not going to say I know from sources or anything like that. I don't want to be incredible. But just, just you look at the situation and – I mean, do they have any other excuse for for not suspending him for longer? If it was if it was someone else who wouldn't have made them as much money, don't you think that they would have gotten a longer suspension? I think mm-hmm. it definitely has to be money driven by the by the NCAA. Well, okay, well, that's your thoughts on the Johnny Menzel deal, and let's go ahead and transition into the NFL. Talk about the Houston Texans. They got Dallas tomorrow, but before we preview the Dallas game, let's go ahead and break down and recap versus the Saints. Offensively, what what was your thoughts about the Houston Texans offensively? I think they definitely showed some spark. Andre Johnson, it looked like he's in midseason form already, and it's and it's barely the second pre or the third preseason game. I think that that gives the the Texans offense a lot more confidence going into the season, especially when you have a weapon like um, DeAndre Hopkins that's going to be coming back after his concussion. Um, and hopefully he's at 100%. Um, I really don't think that they should play him this coming up game, just just to be safe. You don't ever want to put your players in a position the way that uh, Jets coach um, Rex Ryan did with his quarterback, end up having him out for a significant amount of time. So I think they should sit DeAndre Hopkins. But I think that the, the Texans receiving core has shown life, and that's a great sign. And not to mention Ben Tate did a great job of carrying the ball with Arian Foster not being in. So that gives the the Texans that confidence that they had two years ago when they had the best tandem in the league as far as Arian Foster and Ben Tate go. So I think that it's a great opportunity for these young guys to step up this coming up game. And I think that the Texans are definitely showing life, although there are some questions um, on special teams. But I guess we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, we'll get to special teams a little bit. Defensively, what you think about the secondary, especially in the second half? I think the secondary, they, they've done a, a good job. The thing about it is is when you're playing a, a quarterback like Drew Brees, 
you're going to get lit up for big plays. And if you look at the, the yardage that was gained by the, by the uh, Saints, it wasn't anything that was substantially more than what the Texans did. It's just that they had a few more big plays that, uh, that won them the game. So I think that the secondary has done a good job. Um, I definitely think they can always get better. But uh, as far as as far as covering, uh, they're, they're going to have to play some of the the better quarterbacks this year. So that just gave them a little taste of what they need to work on. Um, you look at having to play Peyton Manning. You look at having to play Tom Brady this year during the regular season. That's going to be a very very big obstacle for the Texans if their secondary continues to play at a mediocre level. Um, I think that they have the talent in the secondary. They just need to make sure that these guys are able to come out and perform to their potential. DJ mm-hmm. Swearinger is showing a lot of life after that first game mm-hmm. uh, against the Broncos where he kind of was a little lackluster in his defense and, and was missing some tackles. He's come back with a vengeance so far, and uh, I think that the Miami game and the Saints game has shown that Swearinger has the ability to be um, – a big, big impact for this Texans defense, and I think that that will show throughout the season as he grows in the system. All right, what is your thoughts on special teams? You say you had some con- concerns about special teams. I think, the, I don't know, just I, I guess you can answer this for me. Do you think that some of the special teams players go out there with yellow flags in their back pockets and just kind of toss them on the field as they're going? Because it seems like every single time the Texans are returning a kick or punt return, there's a flag thrown. You had yeah. one time when uh, I believe it was Keyshawn Martin took one back to the house and had a few great moves. He uh, he juked three or four defenders to uh, to make his way to the end zone. And when he gets to the end zone, he turns around and he sees there's a little bit of dirty laundry on the field. And, yeah, well, I, uh, and I think that has to be frustrating at the end of the at the end of the day. It seems like every single time this special teams unit goes out, they're doing something that's not operationally sound. And yeah, I think. That I, I think to the defense of, uh, of for the Saints, <clears throat> uh, that was a block in the back. Actually, watching the replay, Brandon Harris actually blocked the guy in the back way before Keyshawn Martin made his move. But, but to your point, you do you're making a good point there. As far as it seems like the Texan secondary seems like it will be the weak link as of right now. He had to evaluate all three phases of the team: offensively, defensively, and special teams. Now. Uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, it is a preseason. I guess that's the best time to work out all the kinks that you have with special teams is in preseason. But it will be exciting to see how that young squad and the special teams bounce back tomorrow against Dallas on the road. It's one thing to return punts and make mistakes at home, but I want to see how you really respond when you're on the road. Yeah, it will definitely be a test, especially since it's right here in the same state. You have a cross-day rivalry. Now, I don't really know that you can call this a rivalry because the Texans don't play Dallas every single year, and normally they pr- play them in the preseason anyway. So it's one of those things. It's just a rivalry because we're in the same state, but it's not it's not anything big. And I don't think that a win or a loss is going to define the Texans' season this coming up uh, tomorrow, actually. I don't think it's going to define the Texans' season, but I definitely think it's a stepping stone. And like you said, you get to work out some of those kinks, even though your starters won't be out there the guys who are on special teams are normally not your starters. So that's going to be the starting special teams out there tomorrow. And I think that if they can perform up to the potential that we need them to perform up to, I think that the Texan squad is a pretty good one considering the, uh, the, the opponents that they'll have this, this coming up season. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, 
that's why they play the game. I'm excited to see them tomorrow preseason or not, but I'm I'm definitely excited to see uh, see what the Texans are gonna bring to the table against the Dallas Cowboys. It's always a rival, even though they don't play every year. It's always a rival. Oh, I forgot to ask you, Ed Reed. Uh, you know he's still not ready to go. Any concerns from your standpoint? I think that the Texans really need Ed Reed when it comes deep into the season. You look at the later matches against Denver and the Patriots, you don't play those teams until I think around November, December. So you're looking at later on in your season. I think that that's when Ed Reed needs to be in prime prime position to play. And as of right now, you have a couple of matchups that, are, that aren't going to really affect you if he's not there, especially with D.J. Swearinger performing the way that he is. And if he can continue to grow in this defense, I think that he's going he's gonna to be a great compliment to Ed Reed. So I think that right now you shouldn't really react too much towards the Ed Reed situation, although I do think that the Texans should have looked a little bit deeper when they got him because there's obviously a reason why the Baltimore Ravens didn't re-sign him. So, but uh, he's, I, I'm not too concerned about that simply because of the depth that we have at the position. But uh, it, it's one of those things. You just have to kind of play it by ear. And if, if Ed doesn't get better, the Texans better watch out because they need to make sure that he's, uh, he's healthy throughout the, the postseason and deep into the season this year. Yeah, I, I think with Ed, I think first two weeks is not really a big deal. Um, but I think um, having him going into week four and pushing for the late season is a must. Uh, you got to get some production out of him, and I think not having him for the first two weeks is really not a big deal starting off, but you need him, though. You need him back there with Daniel Manning and, and especially helping out, helping out Kareem Jackson on that yeah. backside uh, at the corner spot. Speaking of Kareem, were you happy for him or were you disappointed in his performance? I'm happy for the way that Kareem has come along in his career. Just in general, you look at a guy who was thrust into the starting position his rookie year, and the Houston – not not really Houston media, but a lot of the Houston fans, and, and the word around Houston was Kareem Jackson was a dud. He was, you know, a guy who we got swindled for and that we shouldn't have picked him up in the first round. And you heard a lot of different things about Kareem, and, Last year he came out and showed that he could be a lockdown corner in this league. And I think that if you look at Jonathan Joseph and uh, Kareem Jackson, you have one of the best two tandems as far as the cornerback position goes in the NFL. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can really find – you'd be hard-pressed to find, other than the Seahawks, um, some better corners in the league that are are on the same team. So I think that Kareem Jackson still has a lot of growing to do, but at the same time he's he's grown a lot from his rookie year, and I think that – he, the sky's the limit for him, and if he can continue to learn from Jonathan Joseph and maybe a little bit from Daniel Manning and, and Ed Reed and just get the secondary down, he's going to mm-hmm. be a lockdown corner for a long time to come in this league. All right, well, some good stuff there about George, better known as G-Man, coming straight out of classroom on fire, ready to talk about the Houston Texans. So, George is breaking. When we come out from our break, we'll preview the game for tomorrow. We'll preview the Houston Texans game versus the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, let's see here. What else can we talk about? Uh, we'll compare Sharp to uh, Romo just just for kicks. <laughs> next, <laughs> next on Outside the Huddle, we'll leave my Williams on the Voice America Sports Network.
Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. What's it like to live life on the edge? Fire in the hole! It's that feeling of exhilaration after doing something that pushes your limits every day. Action sports athletes live their lives on the edge. Join professional ski patroller, journalist, and author Kim Kircher every week as she talks to guests who are exploring the edge. We'll look at everything including risks, motivation, and the rewards involved with getting out on the edge. You want to tune in every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Bombs away. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. As we continue the show and enter into the last segment of the show before we wrap it up, George continued to hold on for me, and he's here to help me preview and predict the Houston Texans versus the Dallas Cowboys preseason game on Thursday night. So, George, Texans go into the Dallas game, and to be honest with you, I'm kind of glad that they lost last week due to the fact that if you remember last year, they lost to the Saints in New Orleans. Uh, it kind of helped them get off to a fast start when the regular season started. So hopefully that same trend can happen this year and they can get going to a fast start uh, this season. But they playing the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas right now. For the, all, all the listeners out there that, you know, we're on the Internet, so we're worldwide, so all the listeners out there, explain to them the the rival, not really a rival, but the tension between Dallas fans and now the new successful Texans fans. When you look at a team who has only been here for 11 years now in the Houston Texans, and um, there are a lot of people who are upset with um, with Bud Adams for moving uh, because for moving the franchise. Originally, the Houston Texans were, I guess, the Houston Oilers to begin with, and that franchise has moved to Tennessee. So. Houston's been without a, a football team for quite some time now. And uh, it's been 11 years now that the franchise has been back here in Houston. But because that transition took so long for the, the Houston area to get a team, a lot of people in Houston are Dallas fans. 
So you look at a team that's kind of in that transitional phrase where, phase where they're getting a lot more fans back and a fan base that used to be here. Um, and it's going to take a few championships for that to happen. And I think that because Dallas still has championships and the, the Texans don't, um, a lot of people are sticking on that Dallas bandwagon. Now, once the Texans win a championship, I think that that will significantly change. But as of right now, you have a lot of Dallas fans in Houston. So each time these teams get together, it's a big deal. And um, you look at two teams that compete with each other on every level, you, not just the football field. You look at uh, Reliant, who just installed the biggest HD screens in the world, and those, those two screens on each side of the end zone are bigger than the ones that Jerry Jones just built at his, his facility. Um, so it's one of those things. These guys are always competing. So you're, you're always going to get a good matchup whenever you have the Texans versus the, the Dallas Cowboys. So it's going to be a good matchup, even though it is just preseason. These, these two teams are going to come out with a lot of intensity because it's, it's all about who has state bragging rights for right now. So the second team and third team and fourth teamers, they're all going to be fighting for something, not just a roster spot, but they'll be fighting for the bragging rights until the Dallas Cowboys play the Texans again. Okay, and what's your expectations for for the Texans going into their final preseason game? I think I, I don't. When I look at preseason games, I don't really expect scoring. I don't expect a win or a loss. What I expect is for these teams to come out and perform, and these guys to step up who are looking to make a roster spot. I think that the main thing that I'll be looking for, like I said in the last segment, is the special teams to step up. They need to make plays and make sure that they're doing everything fundamentally sound, so that the end of the day, the Texans can be confident in their special teams if they're down in the spot where they need to get out of. So I think that the special teams is going to be a big thing that I look at. And then also you're going to look at some of these guys that are going to be stepping up into these positions. Like you were talking about Jared Crick whenever, uh, whenever before I got on, I got a chance to listen to that. And, uh, and, and I heard you talking about him and, and he has stepped up a lot. And uh, because that, that will give the Texans a lot of confidence um, if J.J. Watt goes down with an injury or if he has to be out for a certain period of time, Jerry Crick can step in. So I think that a lot of these young guys need to step up, and this gives the opportunity to them. Um, as well as uh, Devere Posey, he'll be playing. We get to see how he'll do coming off of his injury. So it's one of those things. You get to see a lot of dynamics of, of deeper parts of the team, not just uh, the win-loss column. Yeah, well, we'll see uh, offensively. Uh, you know, you got Tony Romo, which is not – most likely is not going to play, and you have a mad job. If you was a, if you was a, if you know what you know now, if you was a GM or owner of a team, you had a chance to draft Romo or Matt Shaw, who would you pick and why? That's a hard one. Um, I mean, they're both they're both ideal quarterbacks for a system of, of someone who passes heavy. I think, and this is going to make a lot of Houston people mad. I live here in Houston, and and it's going to make a lot of Houston people mad. But I think Tony Romo would be my guy. And I say that because Tony Romo's arm is is better than Matt Schaub's arm, in my opinion. Um, Although he throws a lot more interceptions than Matt Schaub, he also gets a lot more passing yards than Matt Schaub. And if you put some of the receivers that the Texans have around Tony Romo, I think you get a lot more production from Tony Romo. I know that's hard to believe because – He's one of the leading passers each year. But I think if you get him a, a decent O-line and you get him the Texans receiving core, I think that you'd have a dynamic quarterback that you could use to your advantage. But uh, I, I think I'd have to go to him on that one. 
So you'll go, so let me get this right. You say you'll go with Tony Romo over Matt Schott. Yeah, I think I would. It's 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 hard for me to say just because I'm here in Houston. I know I'm going to get bashed. Yeah, you're going to get bashed. I'm going to bash you right now. I'm going with Matty. I'm going, Tony <laughs> Romo's a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. He He's an athletic quarterback. And he, you know, he can get it done. He's a gunslinger, but uh, you know, Matt Schaub, it's, 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 you know, he's better than what people think. Now, is he elite? No, and I think that's the difference between Romo and Schaub. People was quick to throw the elite title on Romo, and he did due to the fact that for the team that he was on, and to me, he felt like he didn't prove he didn't prove himself to be an elite quarterback. I think Matt Schaub is just as good or even better than Romo and. And uh, I think he handles himself a lot well as far as on and off the field. But that's just my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a hard decision to make. I think Tony Romo is a good quarterback, and I think that he's a a gunslinger. And uh, I think he chokes at a lot of the end of games, and that's where he gets his rap, is throwing interceptions in those big moments. And I think that that's something that Matt Schaub has over him when the – when when it comes down to the time when the lights turn on, I think Matt Schaub has that it factor that Tony Romo doesn't have. And that's that's an aspect that I'd like for Tony Romo to have. But Matt as far as as far as arm strength and I think I think accuracy, I think you have to give it to Tony Romo and and uh I mean it's it's something that's very debatable and uh I think that's a, a great question. But like I said, I'd have to pick Tony Romo. Okay. You take Romo, I take Schaub. Um, you know, far as let me see here. All right, let me ask you another question. Who would you take, Andre Johnson or Des Bryant? Johnson, Andre Johnson, all day. And I'll tell you why. Because Andre Johnson can can carry himself on and off the field with integrity, and you don't see his name in the news for for bad things. I think that that's always something that you want for your franchise. You want a guy you can trust to go outside of that facility, outside of Reliant Stadium, and still carry himself the way that he would if he was in Reliant Stadium in front of the coaches. And so that's always a big aspect. And even though Des Bryant is younger, I think that I'd still take an an aged Andre Johnson over um, a a youthful Des Bryant who who can't really uh, stay out of trouble. Man, you sound silly right now. You'll take take Andre Johnson over Des Bryant as of right now. Man, right now, uh, I want to disagree with you on that one again. I I think Des Bryant has has you know everything that you need as a receiver. Not saying Andre doesn't, but and Andre is going to be the first Hall of Fame player to go in, into the Hall of Fame for the Houston Texans. But man, Des Bryant is the truth right now, and and he has the ability to to show out. And and I mean, a younger Des Bryant over Andre now. Andre has the wisdom, but Des has the skill set and the ability to come across the middle, go deep. I want to go with Des Bryant, man. It's tough. It's like I, I, go ahead. The thing the thing I think about it is is I always look at my players as how how will they how will they carry themselves. I understand that it's a business and that you have football at at, at my in mind, but at the end of the day, Andre Johnson carries himself on and off the field like a professional. Mm-hmm. And if Des Bryant can get that quality then that will outweigh what he's doing right now. Sometimes your off-field actions tend to to affect your on-field actions. And mm-hmm. if that was to happen, I would I would hate to have Des Bryant on my team. But Andre mm-hmm. Johnson conducts himself the same way, so that's the reason why I picked him. All right, man. So you go, Andre. I go. 
Dez. All right, let me see here. Who else? <clears throat> oh, real quick, Texans. I mean, your, your boy, Devere Posey, he's coming back. He's playing Thursday night. Your thoughts? Man, I'm super proud of him. He's he's worked really hard for this opportunity and to get to this point in his career. Um, it's only it's only gonna it's only gonna get better from here. He's he's really healed up a lot and and um, and a lot faster than a lot of people thought that he would. So I'm proud of him to make it this far. And now we just have to see how how that Achilles injury will affect him when he's running, when he gets hit, and different things like that. If he can get past that hurdle, I think that the sky is the limit for this guy, and the Texas receiving core will get even deeper if that happens. Now, the big the big point is going to be who who do the Texans keep if Devere Posey shines tomorrow night? All right, well, we'll see. And you hear the music, so they're queuing us up, letting us know it's time for us to wrap up the show. So, George, I appreciate you calling in late in the show and uh, wish you much success in your class this year. Appreciate it, man. No problem. I'll, I'll keep on calling as long as you need me to, man. All right, no problem. And I also want to thank the listeners out there for listening outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Until we meet next week, be blessed. Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel.